into francophone and anglophone but there weren't enough anglophone people in montreal to to do it and we were out of the country we got a message saying could you come back and head up english pen and i, I thought there was one <laughs> actually listen sure <laughs> bigger <head> position you <laughs> make a few speeches i came back there wasn't any there there was some there was uh they didn't have any members outside of montreal Uh, so it was actually me and Eugene Benson and, and Graham who worked on it to begin with. And, and we didn't have any money. We had some postage stamps. There wasn't any internet. <laughs> so first of all, we had to get some members. And our idea was, I said, I don't want it to be a tea party. I don't want it to be a place where writers discuss the nuances of their work. I don't, I want it to be about the writers in prison program. It's the thing that interests me about it. Um, because having been born in 39, going through the war as a child, etc., been very interested in totalitarianisms and censorship and people being killed for what they um, wrote. So that was the part that interested me. And I said, if we're not going to do that, I don't want to do it. So then we went about getting members, and Graham said, okay, we've done the union, we've done the Writers' Trust, now we need to do something for writers outside our country. So we, we put it together with nothing, and I then did a fundraiser for it, which will make you laugh a lot, I hope, <laughs> a book called The Canlit Food Book, in which uh, I took passages having to do with food from people's work, such as novels, short stories, and poems. And writing being what it is, a lot of these are, are horrible meals and <laughs> things like Michael's and Dante's poem called Rat Jelly, etc. So I put them all together according to meals, so breakfasts, you know, coffees, lunches, etc. Uh, and the big set pieces, which are always either funerals or or festival dinners of some kind, which make all these people hate each other, get together in the room. And then I had one on, a portion on cannibalism chapter. And, um, you know, it was, it was all in there. And then I got recipes from writers. And um, a lot of them couldn't cook. So one of the Michael Ondaatje's recipe was grapefruit. So you take the grapefruit, you cut it in two, you <laughs> cut out the little sections, you can put a maraschino cherry on top. I had toast and tea from somebody who was really frightened of cooking. And from a from a different kind of person, I had take a big frozen pike and a, and a chainsaw. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was quite funny, I thought. I illustrated it myself. It was cheaper. And I got an agent to auction it. 
And from that auction, we got the money to get an executive director who could actually run the thing. And we set up the Marion Engel Award, the same money, um, which then got condensed into the a general writer's award, but now there's another women's award being set up under the name of Carol Shields. This, these things are all, you would be surprised how many of these things are just individual effort by people who decide they're going to do something. And that's that to conclude is why I have hope because such people still exist. We can all take hope from that. <laughs> it's such a privilege to hear that story and all the stories you both told us and the insight. Thank you very, very much. It's been a pleasure and thank you and, and thank you. You're listening to Margaret Atwood and Omar el in conversation with me as part of the first annual Penn Graham Gibson Talk. Special thanks to Jess Atwood and Josh Nelman for all their help in making this report. Oops, hang on. <clears throat> Just a sec, just a sec. There we go. Um, You may or may not have heard uh, Margaret Atwood before me. Um, I just recorded something. I had to pull into a park to hear the rest of the show. It was so interesting. It was about novelists. I don't know the other novelists, but her book sounds interesting. Uh, talking about dystopias and, uh, you know, Margaret Atwood is just a most amazing woman. I was going to say Canadian woman, and yeah, maybe I should stress that. Um, a lot of people know her now through The Handmaid's Tale, who may not have known her before. Um, I haven't read that much of her. I have met her in person. I've already told that story. Uh, actually, a couple of times. It's quite remarkable. Very, very bright. Apparently she did teach at uh, Sir George Williams for a while, which is when I first heard of her. She had a novel called Surfacing, I believe. might have been her first or one of them. Uh, Anyway, bright people. Speaking of which, I've just come home from meeting a very bright person, meeting for the first time. And I haven't decided yet how I'm going to describe this. So let me circle back. It is, uh, I always give the time and date and place. I'm in um, St. Andrew's Cemetery, very close to home. I've come all the way from Markham, where I met a gentleman who I know through, well, through a Nigerian collection, a connection. Um, he is one of the editors, one of the two editors who put together the Kuso Remembers books. And I've talked about those. Um, I have them in front of me right here. He gave me another book to read too about Japan, post-war Japan, which I'm looking forward to. Kuso Nigeria True Stories by Canadians who were there and the second novel, um, More true stories about Kuso, Nigeria by Canadians who were there. Beautifully done, beautifully published. Um, And these guys just went out, Mark and Ed, went out and contacted people who had, you know, met through post-Kuso experience gatherings in, uh, oh, I think there was one in Kingston, one in Montreal, and uh, wrote to people and said, hey, we're going to put out some books of your stories. Here's the guidelines. 
Now, this person who I met today, Ed, is a focused person. <laughs> we laugh about, I laugh about that, um, much more focused than I could ever be. Uh, and to his credit, uh, he was a school principal at one point in his life. And boy, anybody who can be a school principal has really got to have their shit together, right? You you got to be bright to start with. You got to be well educated. You have to know how to exist very well in the civilized world and dealing with a lot of people. You've you've just got to have a lot going for you. There's very few people, you know, when you start narrowing it down, who has the qualities, who could effectively be a school principal uh, and, of course, a teacher before that. Uh, we happen to have a lot in common, which is uh, Nigeria, because Ed was there for uh, a year as a uh, Kuso Nigerian volunteer, uh, and also Japan. Uh, Ed also lived and worked in Japan and uh, met the person there who he married, who also happens to be of Japanese heritage. So we have a, a few things in common here. Uh, and uh, But today was the first time we actually met in person. Uh, I'd known about him from reading his story, from the introduction to these books, uh, and through a few exchanges online. And uh, so we, we've been saying for a very long time, we should get together sometime for coffee, just get to know each other. Uh, and it, it was just such a very pleasant, interesting time. No time was wasted. It was, you know, there was no need for social niceties, although he went out of his way to make very, very nice French press coffee and have some very nice pastries on the table and grapes ready and... Uh, just made me very comfortable, and uh, my goodness, I've invited him to my place. I'm going to have to uh, spruce up my game a little and uh, make sure he is treated just as well, um, or I'll do what I can. Um, the It ended with me visiting his basement library <laughs> after me talking about my basement library. And that was a trip in itself. Uh, it focused, you know, except his happened to be mainly FDR. Uh, very interesting history and presidents and this president in particular. Uh, and so much more. Uh, a library, a basement room that was also a, it looked like a recording studio. Uh, a set of drums, a keyboard, any number of guitars. Uh, because he also plays in a band uh, sometimes uh, for fun, for fundraising. Something principles. can't remember the first part. They're all retired principles, but I don't think that was, I think it was a better title than that. Um, anyway, beautiful graphic posters, which of course Ed had also designed, having at one point in his career worked, uh, worked for a newspaper in uh, way back in Chilliwack. So such an interesting guy and so good to connect and, and to talk. And, and like I say, we time's at a premium as you get older and you learn things in life that, gee, time's not to be wasted. So we got straight into conversation about our, 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 our common overlaps in terms of life experiences uh, and more about families and background and any number of things, the, the details of which there's no need for me to go into. I only just want to paint the picture that, wow, 
What a wonderful way to spend the day meeting somebody for the first time and having really good conversation. And as a bonus, my God, of course, he bought my two books. Thank you very much for that. Um, and loaned me something from his collection, knowing I would be interested. I don't know quite how it came up. Well, I mentioned I had a lot of books in my Japan library. And he said, well, I've got one. Um, I've just finished for the second time. It is called Embracing Defeat. Uh, Japan in the wake of World War II. And by gosh, am I looking forward to getting started on this. In fact, I'm going to go home. Maybe have a lie down and start off on this book. Jack Kerouac will have to wait for a little longer. So uh, so that's it. So here I am just starting off a podcast because I'm going to have to put one out on um, what it would be. Today's Monday, Wednesday is December 1st. And if you know what that is, yes, this Wednesday, December 1st, is the Canadian National Day of Podcasting. So this episode is coming to you early. I just put out one. I just put out another one. I've got way too many. Maybe I'll do you a favor, you listeners. Keep this shorter than usual as kind of a bonus episode or bonus punishment, if you like. Um, Because I really should put one out for the Canadian National Day of Podcasting in in honor of uh, Bob Goyach, who I talked about. And uh, his name came up because uh, Ed was asking about podcasting. Now, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go a bit further here while we're on the topic of podcasting. I think Ed is going to put out a podcast. His suggestion, his idea was to get the stories that are in these two books I'm holding in my hands, Cuso Nigeria True Stories, and more true stories about Cuse and Nigeria, um, and have people record it, it, tell their story. And it would make a very interesting podcast. You could do it weekly or however often you want to do it. And you don't have to connect in person. You can do this online. And he talked about it. And I sort of got, you know, he just he brought it up. And I sort of got hold of the idea myself. I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit of the inside scoop here. And I kind of thought, well, you know, hey, I've got 15 years experience. Yeah, I could, I could, I could maybe get this started. I could, I could call, I, I even mentioned Brian Doherty. I could just record, I've got the recording equipment. I've got the gear. <coughs> I could keep Brian on track and, and, uh, yeah, I could do just a sample, call it episode zero of, of just to try it out and see. And then... I was just wise enough, surprisingly. Maybe wise is not the word, no. (sighs) Not so stupid as to not pass it back to Ed and say, now what's your vision? And Ed came up with his vision, which was clearly focused, sensible. Uh, He could express it concisely. He knew he had the idea of the introduction, the chat with the person. And ending with the person reading that story. Very nice. Much, much better than my concept, which would have had this thing going all over the place. I would have been asking, do you believe in God? And so on. I would not have been able to rein it in. I would not have been able to stay focused and on topic. I would be going on and on, asking questions, 
and, and following tangents and, and going off in so many directions. And suddenly you got a podcast that should be 10 minutes and it's half an hour or more. And I'm so glad I passed it back to Ed because now it's in his hands and I there and then resigned and said, nope, clearly you know what you're doing. This is yours. I hope you go. And so all I'm offering Ed is uh, encouragement to go ahead. He Clearly this is a man who knows what he's doing and knows how to do things. And he said he yeah, he is driven by taking a project and seeing it through to his end. And that's how we got these two wonderful books about Cusco's stories. It took discipline and focus uh, and patience and all the things that a person would need to put out a good podcast, which is not the way I categorize the Dixon Janes podcast. So I, that, that's pretty exciting. So stay tuned. If it does come out, you'll hear about it on one of these podcasts. I will put in a link. And you too, instead of buying these books, will be able to hear some of the true stories about uh, Cuso, Nigeria, by Canadians who were there. Isn't that wonderful? So that's a, that's a good note for me to close on. I'm, I'm going to try and tighten up my grip, um, take a lesson from today, stay a little more focused. This is for the Great Canadian National Day of Podcasting. So uh, we'll try and keep it focused. Scarborough Dude signing out. Oh, oh, oh. I'm, Put the bell away too quickly. We like to end, begin and end with a bell if we can. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Yeah, I will include some of that Margaret uh, Atwood focus. That was compliments of CBC. I hope CBC doesn't mind. I'm doing it to say, hey, folks, if you're a Canadian, why aren't you listening to CBC sometimes instead of just pop radio like I sometimes do? Scarborough Dude signing out from, um, yeah, the cemetery. Bye for now. Hey, 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 that's the big bell. That's the road trek bell. It is, folks, November 30th. Uh, I know that because I had a bill due for uh, my CAA renewal, and I called to uh, ask about a couple of things and got all that sorted out. Um, yeah, November 30th, and it's uh, getting on for 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sitting inside Sal. I just brushed the snow off the windshield. I guess the rest will eventually melt. Uh, we had a real dumping here, and uh, yeah, this thing was buried. But uh, yeah, tomorrow, December 1st, as I mentioned, Canadian National Day of Podcasting. And it seems quite fitting that out of the blue, I just had a text message on my phone from Yasser. And I haven't seen Yasser for a very long time. Last time would have been in the only cafe which is where I'm going to meet him tomorrow morning for coffee. Um, he's back in town. He's the fellow who had a, bought a motorcycle, was traveling up to Alaska, I guess, and then just got hit at the border with COVID, you know, bureaucracy and uh, all kinds of things. And uh, I don't know, last I heard, he just sent me an audio message I just found from a few months ago, I, I, and I never saw it. Uh, and it seems he had a bit of an accident, and I think he's maybe demolished his bike and is recovering. But anyway, I will find all of that up tomorrow. A lot of you won't know who I'm talking about, but uh, I have a special connection with Yasser. He's somebody I met uh, over a toke in a park. 
outside a bar and uh we we just wow we uh, we connected well that very first time uh he's the person who made me this beautiful Zen uh, and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, one-of-a-kind T-shirt I talk about and showed up at my birthday party unexpectedly and handed me this. Uh, back when it was uh, when I had the Eaton House, that would have been my 70th birthday, and I'm so sad. As I may have mentioned before, the Eaton House appears that it's never going to open again. It's uh, There's a sign-up that says, you know, welcome back, our patio's open. There ain't no patio there. And uh, signs say open and the doors are locked. And it's just sad. It's one of these old-fashioned hotels with a big dance floor and a stage for live music, a couple of pool tables. It's a perfect place and a bar in the back and uh, family ownership. It's It's a bit of a history of Canada. And places like this, it's like good used bookshops. They just are dying out. And they won't, they'll get replaced by fucking franchises and things that are just all the fucking same, owned by some corporate entity in the States. And there ain't no character, no individuality, and no one of a kindness about them at all. God, I hate that. Any fucking new development you come to, as we. Sell off the farmland. God damn it, this is making me angry. And drive in and you see all these new places put up, these cookie cutter houses. And then there's a shopping area. And it's the same fucking franchises. All the same. There'll be a shopper's drug mart and there'll be a maybe Wings place and some other, everything in a Tim's and everything that's already here blocking out any individual who just wants to start and and open a small business, you know. There's no room for you. No, we've got all these corporate plans. It's already laid out. We already know what the buildings are going to look like. They're all going to look like the same because conformity is what you people need. It's the only way we can keep you under control. Sorry, I mean, just, you know... (laughs) You get something in your mind. Now, where were we? We were talking about Yasser. <laughs> and I guess I like him because he's such an individual and somebody I don't fully understand or know. And uh, the one thing you can do in life to keep yourself balanced is find unique people and uh, make friends with them. You know, not the real crazies out there. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, the psychos. Just people who are, you know... Trying hard to be themselves, and, uh, well, aren't we all? Anyway, uh, because tomorrow's December 1st, I want to get this out, and I thought I'd just record one more little clip uh, here. Um, so, yeah, so we'll probably meet, and probably John meet John Meadows as well. He'll be there with his camera. And, uh, yeah. So what's up? I'm reading this book I just mentioned in the previous clip, and gosh, I, I sort of wish it was like a course I was taking, because I want to go through the highlighter. I won't. It's not my book. But there's so many passages that just jump out, and you know, that's important. Wow, I haven't heard that expressed that way before. And this, again, it's just that period, like 1945 to 1952, uh, Japan surrenders, and America decides we're going to keep the emperor and absolve him, really, 
of all responsibility for the war, which, you know, because it's uh, things will be more stable that way. But meanwhile, we've got to change this country entirely and uh, sell off big land ownership, break up the great big companies, uh, give more rights to individuals and freedoms, encourage trade unions, allow free speech, um, and just like a complete makeover, except the weird thing done was we're saying we're bringing you democracy, except we're giving it to you on our terms. This was, uh, you know, the doctrines that were handed down. This is what you have to do. Not necessarily everybody wanted it that way, but hey, that's what you're going to be. But a lot of people felt, um, yeah, good. We got a fresh start here. Um, But the passages about the millions of Japanese who were overseas in Manchuko, you know, formerly Manchuria, and in the Philippines and all these other places being repatriated slowly after the war. And in Korea, of course, Russia got to take over North Korea and wouldn't let them leave, wouldn't let them go home and, and separated the officers from the men and tried to brainwash the men to come back with uh, ideals of communism to, you know, institute, bring that back to Japan. Um, such suffering. And those who were left behind, the orphan children, the cities, 60 cities, I think, bombed to smithereens, like just raised. So you've got your people homeless by the millions, starving. There's no, there's no food. There's nothing. I mean, this is just incredible. This is not just about the devastation of the bombs, the atomic bombs on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. This is about the the bombing of all the cities, um, and and just the 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 degree of suffering and families not knowing if the husband would ever come back, and then the men coming back and just some beginning to wake up to the fact that hey, we were treated badly by our own officers, you know, the the low ranking military men. Oh, the suffering that any war brings, and this just on this scale of this. So it's a different perspective, you know, on on uh, on history, but a, 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 you know something very real. And I guess you know, say, nineteen, uh, you know, seventy years ago, this stuff is going on. So anyway, I'm totally enjoying that. It's something like a good read. Uh, my TV is down. Uh, <laughs> I've been having problems with the TV, just sort of black, shutting out. And I have to get up, unplug the um, um, the box, you know, the digital box for the uh, TV, uh, the cable box, and plug it back in, wait a few minutes, where you get a welcome message, and it reconnects. Well, today, there was no welcome message. It said, you have to uh, reprogram this thing, something like that. And I called Rogers, and they tried on their end. Another half hour of my time spent on with Rogers on the phone. Uh, it is because I ordered a replacement. The replacement hasn't come and won't come until maybe tomorrow. Uh, but meanwhile, I can't watch TV anymore. So I said, "Hey, make a note. Give me the number because I need some. Uh, I need some, you know, compensation for this." Hey. This is your problem. Uh, they shouldn't have pulled the plug. Like, they, they assumed the mess. What they did, it's something on their end, which means I can't use the old modem because it thinks I've got a new modem and I've got to initiate that somehow. Well, they tried from their end. They can't do it. Anyway, I'm sorry to waste your time listening to this. It's just the, you know, these first world problems. 
of uh, dealing with big corporations and um, and paying through the nose. You know, I'm paying what three hundred and forty bucks a month for all my for my cell phones, my uh, internet, and for the cable. That's a lot of money, uh, and you don't get much respect in return. So uh, I'll demand something. But again, it's going to mean another call. With somebody else who's going to offer me a package, and very often you end up, end up. Well, you got a great package now, but you're paying more, and the whole point of the call was to pay less and give me more. So, but what that has meant was what a great day to read this book on uh, Japanese history because there's no TV to interrupt us. So there you go. All right, Scarborough dude, I've rambled on enough, more than enough, too much for a lot of you, I know. Some of you will feel it's your duty to listen to the Canadian podcast on uh, Canadian National Podcasting Day or to go through however many there are, how many people remember to put them out. Never hear from Mark Blevis anymore. Mark has just sort of dropped off. You know, he's, there's, he, there used to be a whole lot of smiling family photos posted, but nothing about the community or, the you know, that he was a key part. I mean, he was the other half of uh, the Bob and... Uh, Mark Combo, who brought us Pab and everything, and uh, Mark hasn't done a whole lot in this respect, and not even podcasting, but that's, you know, hey, you know, I have no right to lay a trip on Mark. Mark, I'm not doing that. Come on, come on. Mark even listens to this show sometimes, so I have to be careful what I say here, but uh, you're forgiven, Mark. Uh, you don't owe anybody anything. Here, that's it. That's the bottom line. You don't owe anybody anything. You don't have to do any of this. It's just we count it on you. We like it when uh, there's a sense of there's still a, a hub to our community and there'll be talk of another get-together, you know, of a gathering of uh, the friendly folk who make up a core of this amateur podcasting group. But uh, COVID put, a, put an end to all that. So we'll see. There are still people out there, and there are new people to meet and old friends to reconnect with. So uh, get out there. Last thing, last thing, last thing. And now this is turning into a regular Dixon Jane's podcast and not a special. So who knows? Maybe I won't even put it out tomorrow. I'll give you a break. Uh, men's group today, discussion on friendship. They asked for a topic. I gave them the, the nature of friendship and how much we give and don't give and uh, <laughs> how it's different with every relationship. I got 12 people on uh on this Zoom gathering of, of men, everybody taking on that topic wholeheartedly, having a different perspective. And this is a range of people, right, of different age. I mean, everybody's senior, but a range of backgrounds and, and outlooks, personalities. Everybody talked and, and had something to contribute at the end. Thank you, Ken, for coming up with this topic, which made me feel good. Yeah, okay. That was a, that was a contribution I've made to this group. Um, and then I um, I sent an email to a certain friend who I mention very often. I won't mention his name again here now because I'm still smarting from the comment. Was, you really want to talk about that? Huh. I wouldn't last 10 seconds. And it was just such a fucking slap in the face. Hey, hey, 12 people all found this interesting. We talked for two hours on the topic of the nature of friendship and and the lines we draw. And this friend in return emails me, I wouldn't last 10 seconds. Who wants to talk about that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've just told me a whole lot with that comment. What the hell are you hiding, buddy? 
Anyway, it's it's not your concern. Why do I share these things? Why do why do I go on like this? Is it really venting? Because so few people could possibly be interested in listening to this. Maybe there's a curiosity there, you know. I mean, I, I do think I am an oddball. Well, there's no question. I know I'm an oddball. But who amongst my friends isn't? Including the guy who wouldn't last 10 seconds talking about friendship. Boy, one of the oddest of them all. All right, we'll end on that odd note. Scarborough Dude signing off. I don't know what the hell or when I'm going to put this out or even if I care. Do you? No. Signing out. Bye for now. Here's the bell. Thomas and the Krishibu area band. Before that was Angelique Kijo. We also heard from Burna Boy, Beautiful Nubia, and the Roots Renaissance Band. And we started to set off with Amity Miria, who was a headliner at Afrofest a few years ago. Okay, I'm going to um, feed that out. I'm loving that music. This is why I recorded. This is 89.5. This is, I guess, formerly a university station. I forget what it's called now. <clears throat> Good stuff. A lot of politics. Uh, just interesting stuff for the radio, like old college radio used to be. Uh, left-leaning, of course. But uh, anyway, when I hear that Nigerian music, I just love it and it just takes me right back uh, there's a certain style I guess the general category used to be high life high life music and uh, in prep for uh, going to Nigeria I was reading all these African novels and hearing about high life music and then next thing you know I'm there and I'm dancing in the open air at brothels to this great music with beautiful women and uh beer in one hand and just swinging away and grooving to the sound but <clears throat> I'm driving now I don't record when I'm driving as a rule it's not a good thing to do but uh, I, I just I heard that music and, oh, you, gotta, you, you gotta get this because I, I want to kind of finish this podcast off today being the Canadian National Day of Podcasting I see uh, Dave Brabeck has already put out an episode, although it might be Bitches and Snitches or whatever that one he does about biology or something. I don't know. Um, this will be Dixon Jane's, as you will know. And um, I'm just coming back from the only cafe. God damn. I was really afraid during COVID I had lost that place forever. And I really... COVID did do a number on all of us one way or another but I in my mind I thought I gotta find a new bar I, I can't handle those stairs oh here's my phone I'm not gonna answer because it's spam I know um, 
Here, listen to it. Oh, it's still going. Maybe they'll leave a voicemail. Um, anyway... Back from the only cafe where I met our good friend Yasser, who... I said I had only met four times, he said six, but somewhere in there, not very often. Started off with uh, handing him a joint when we met outside uh, a bar by chance, you know, in an, in a park downtown Toronto. And uh, we just, <laughs> we clicked from there. And we've been friends since. He's just up from uh, Colorado and uh, visiting a girlfriend and uh, so we're going to see him again Saturday at the only cafe 4 o'clock hey don't think you'll get this well you could get this in time but no I doubt it very much but anyway that's good and uh, so ah good to see him again catch up very interesting life story interesting guy and uh, it's always like just a super hey glabber friends you know, big smiles, and uh, it's it's just, again, the richness of friendship. If there's nothing else that I've said on this podcast over these past 15 years that sticks with you, let it be that thing. My God, invest in your friendships. And if you're not doing a good job of that, try to figure out what's wrong. You know, you may have a home life, you may have games online that you like playing, you may have things, but if you're not fucking investing in your friends, one day you're going to regret it. Because uh, it's important, and it gets a little harder to make friendships as you get older. Lucky for me, it's been a gift all my life, uh, and I'm still at it. And, um, yeah. All right. <laughs> Leave it at that. Scarborough dude signing out. I'm just going to I'm going to I'm at Kennedy. I'm going to turn up Danforth and make my way home. I got to get gas before it goes up again.